Praise God. You may be seated. I'd like to dismiss the platform, so thank you for leading us in worship. Praise and amen unto the Lord. Praise God. I was reflecting the other day that many years back, my wife and I had gotten involved in ministry at the county jail, Yakima County Jail. And uh, it was, you know, it was a, a strong desire on our part to be involved there. But when we approached the jail, uh, there was one chaplain in charge and you had to get through him and his approval to have any participation there. And, and, I, and I know that there are times when people out of zeal would say, hey, I want to do this. And then maybe start and never finish. And so I understood the weeding out process. And so I, I knew that he, he felt like he needed to prove us. And the way he would prove us was he would say, why don't you come along with this other group? And... Why don't you just attend and work with them in their services in the jail for a while and let's go from there. Well, of course, that's not what we wanted to do, but it's what we had to be willing to do to prove ourselves, to prove our commitment. This wasn't a flash in the pan. We're going to be around because that's what they wanted to know. And so we came and we went with the other group. And I have never forgotten, at the close of one of these services, the man leading the service, he said, now let's close in prayer. And so he began to pray, oh God, and Father of all, and prayed for a while and said a lot of things. He stopped, and then he said, now unto the Son. And he began to pray to the Son of God. And he prayed for a while. And lo and behold, he stopped. And then he began to pray to the Holy Ghost. And I thought, now I've heard about this. But I've never seen this for myself. In other words, literally this man, he wasn't completely sure. So he was covering all bases. He was praying to the Father, praying to the Son, praying to the Holy Ghost. Not sure which one was Jesus. And we've been singing about the name of Jesus. Now, as I was musing over these experiences from so long ago, Scripture came to me and I just want to read it to you. It's very short. It's very brief. It's actually... Reiterated a couple of times in the scripture, in the Old Testament. I'll just read it to you. You can bring it up on the screen, I guess. Isaiah 43 and 11. Oh, let's start at verse 10. Why not? You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, my servant whom I have chosen that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he before me. There was no God formed. Neither shall there be after me. I even I am the Lord. And beside me, there is no Savior. Now, if you had my upbringing, this would be a confusing moment to you. Because as a young boy and traveling to this, visiting this little church in Dover, New Jersey, and attending vacation Bible school, my, my teacher one day, I, I asked, I said, I, I have a question. I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm not sure about the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. And so she 
in her own understanding, tried to explain to me about, well, you have a dad, right? Well, that would be your father. You're his son, so you're like a son. He said, the Holy Ghost is kind of like an uncle. And so through her understanding, trying to bring this explanation to me, made me more confused. Many years later, I was sitting on the second pew at 1118 McKinley Avenue. And somebody was preaching. And all at once, I saw it. I saw that it was he that went to the cross. He robed himself in what Hebrews called the veil of flesh. The mighty spirit of God. The mighty God. To wit that God was in Christ. Reconciling the world unto himself. All of a sudden in a moment. I remember grabbing my chest. And realizing. It was him. It was him on the cross. In all those years. You know all I could see was. The father calling out the back door of heaven saying, son, you have to go and give your life. You have to. And I always thought all those years, that's the biggest ripoff I've ever heard. Well, how could the God of love ask his son in, in the idea of two personages or two deities for that matter? And when you come to the revelation of understanding That it was God in Christ reconciling me. Shedding his blood for me. He did that for you and for I. And so when we now when I read through the scriptures that say, you know, uh, speaks of the only name under heaven given among men where I must be saved. And the idea that I should be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of my sin. It means all the much more. Rather than just an action, it was a statement of love by my father to his son. Amen. What a beautiful song. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. I'm going to ask my wife if she would come and greet you. It's, uh, it's not often that we get to be here and be here together. Would you come on up? Oh, you just stare over there. I'll stare right here. God bless you. I'm so glad to be here. Um, I thought I was going to be in another city today, and things changed at you know, the last minute, and so I'm so glad I'm here. Um, we're getting close to the end of the year, and who would have thought 2020? Um, and we're still looking the same. We're still talking the same. And there's a lot more availability for us. But um, I was a bit overcome with emotion while I was praising the Lord with you all and those beautiful songs. Um, every year... I'm thankful that I made it another year. And people sometimes think you, you know, and but if you knew you knew the 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 battles that we fight are no different than what you fight. Sometimes more so I if I can be brash enough because we we fight for when your leadership fight for other people and pray for other people and uh my husband and I were up at around midnight um, praying with someone that had called that was really battling and desperate. And um, we talked a lot about that and couldn't go back to sleep. But every year, every year, I'm thankful I made it another year. The pull of the enemy can just trick us when we think we've got it all made. And... Um, I know that when things are crazy and it's like a roller coaster and, you know, the world around us affects us, but um, so do our minds with what we eat. Um, All my grandkids are coming off of sugar right now after Christmas. And, 
and you know that's a true thing and these little meltdowns or you give them ice cream and watch them get hyper and you know what our minds can just go crazy and you think what is this all about and sometimes it's physical sometimes it's spiritual sometimes it's both the uh, spiritual will affect the physical and the physical will affect you emotionally and spiritually and it's really all intricately combined and the only thing that is steady in my life is God. The only thing, the only thing. I cannot trust my emotions. I told this person last night, do not own that. That's not who you are. This will be a season. You will be looking back on this. It won't even be the only one, but God, and sometimes when I feel far away, his word. Sometimes when my brain has been being beat in, there's too many changes going on in my life. This is not the life I signed up for. It was supposed to turn out another way. The word of God keeps me sane each and every day. Do I sound like a person that's about to go crazy? I'm sorry if I do. I'm really not. But I do have my days. And I think we all do. And as we go into 2020, I am thanking the Lord. I'm still serving him. I'm still delivered. I'm still sober. I'm still clean. I'm not perfect, but I'm doing the best I can each and every day. And in this crazy world, God and God's word, you have to read his word Every day, you have to read it out loud. They read it out loud throughout the Old Testament. There is power in speaking the word out loud. And when I can't even own it or I can't feel him, I know his word is already anointed. It's already given. And if I read it out loud, he's going to keep me steady when I can't look to the left or to the right, but just be still and know that he is God. And so as we wind up this year, uh, you, you think I just got saved yesterday, but I'm one of those who's saying, I'm still here, I'm still serving, I'm still loving God, and he has kept me by his grace. And I'm just so thankful to be with you here today and to worship with you. I appreciate the anointing that, and the unction that was on you today, Sister Mays. Praise God. I'm sure glad you came by. Amen. I am uh, thrilled to uh, hear from the Lord through Pastor Curtis Johnstone today. Thrilled that he's here. Praise the Lord, Bishop. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. I came to the Lord at the age of 24. And I made a goal. I heard somebody testify about how that they had come to the place where they had lived more years for God than they had in the world. And it resonated with me. I couldn't wait to get to 48 and beyond. Because now I would have lived more years for God than I did in the world and the things of the world. I I love it. This living for God is not a burden. It's a blessing. To, To think that God would find you and I in the gutters of life and pick us up and clean us up and and turn us around and do what he has done for us. God's done amazing things in our life. Even our family doesn't believe it sometimes. No, I can't be right. That's right. Better get a good look because what you see is what I am. I'm changed by the power of God. Now, you can't do it on your own. You're not going to make mind over matter work. Mm -mm. You'll try it and get very disappointed. Let's go to Matthew 6 and 33. This is one of those rare times in my life that this message came to me to begin to work on, oh, two, three weeks ago. I knew what I would preach today in the direction that the Lord would, would take this. We have to understand that, that God is holy. And he wants me to live holy. God wants to bless you more than you even want blessed. You'll say, I, I'm not... Be- You are being blessed. You just don't maybe understand at all. But God's wanting to do something in your life. And if we would allow the Spirit of God to work. You have that in Matthew 6, 33, Brother Tim? The Lord has 
graciously allowed us to look into the year two, two, uh, 2020. Uh, but, but I want to end this one right. I, I want some things to stay in 2019. The battles that I had, the setbacks that I had, the disappointments that I had do not have to carry over. I, I like how the, the, the word of the Lord teaches us to, and his mercies are renewed every day. Every day is a new day if you'll let it. I don't know how bad yesterday was, but no matter how bad it was, there's new mercies today to help me get through what I'm going through, what I'm dealing with, and where God is trying to take me. God has more faith in you today than you have in yourself. There are those in here today that God is calling you to ministry and you're struggling with it because you don't have enough faith in yourself. But God's got greater faith in you. What He's calling you to do, you can do. What He's asking of you, you sure you got to step out by faith. Sure you're going to have to trust God. I remember when God called me into the ministry. I couldn't even read and write. And I said, God, the wrong man. Those guys actually have an education that do that stuff. God said, well, I didn't say today. And I would begin to work on it. And begin to become what God was calling me to be. The Bible said in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, the race is not to the swift. Somewhere you need to get a steady pace. I love how the scripture said that I walk with God. Could you imagine at my age if we had to run? <laughs> It'd be a hobble. <laughs> It'd look ridiculous. But no matter how discouraged I may get or what I may go through, I can get one foot in front of the other because I'm walking with God. It may be a little slow, but He's leading me and guiding me and guiding my every step. I'm just going to keep walking with God because He's got a plan and a purpose for my life. No, I don't understand all of that. I can't tell you what 2020 holds, but I can tell you that today the Lord has got you on His mind. Notice what he said, but seek ye first. Everybody say first. If you want to walk into 2020, have a better year than you had last year. If you want to get rid of some struggles that you have fought with and fought with and can't seem to overcome, you've got to put God first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. You've got to put God. Well, I'm dealing with this in my home. I'm dealing with this on my job. I'm dealing with this in my personal life. Okay, put God first. Put him first. Hand it over to him and say, okay, God, uh, I can't, but you can. Come on, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God, but you're going to have to strengthen me. You're going to have to help me because I've tried this on my own. So I got to seek God first. God has to come first. That, that's why prayers not work. Prayers relationship. God, I've come to seek you. I, I need you. I, I need direction. I need a healing in my body. I need a financial blessing. I need help with my family. Whatever your situation may be, God didn't say that you'd handle it. It said you seek Him first and let Him start handling the situation that's bigger than you and beyond you. One thing about men, when God created us, He created within us a, a ability to fix things. Why we work on cars and we work on things and we build and we do. But I have to understand where that limit comes in. I have to understand there are things only God can do. And I have to be willing to put him first. And God help me get my hands off of this because I think if I would, you could do some amazing things. If I would quit trying to fix it on my own and step back and say, God, would you just take the wheel? Would you take the reins on this? Would you take the lead on this and allow me to just simply walk with you? And as you open the door, I will step through it. As this thing begins to unfold, I will see it. So God begins to help me if I would put him first. Seek the, but seek ye first the kingdom of God in his righteousness, and all things will be added unto you. I really want to deal with the word righteousness this morning. I think it, it is something that the Lord has, is trying to help somebody with. This word righteousness is not a hard word. The word righteousness, if we break it down, simply means to do right. 
everybody in the sound of my voice right now, you already know what the right thing to do is. Before I came to God, I knew what the right thing to do was. If we were robbing houses, Bishop, I knew it wasn't right. I didn't have to wait till the police to get there. Young man, you shouldn't be breaking into houses. You shouldn't be driving like a maniac. We already knew that. You shouldn't be getting so drunk you're throwing up all over yourself. We already knew that. Because God created within you and I a body, soul, mind, and spirit. And the soul that lives within me hungers for a relationship with God. And that's why I know what the right thing to do is. But I sometimes struggle with doing the right thing. I wonder if we could make up our minds today. God, help me, because I am going to do the right thing. I'm here to tell you when it is not easy to do the right thing. You may become unpopular when you do the right thing. You may have family members that say, if you go to that holy roller church down there and you get connected with them, I'll never speak to you again. Well, it's not about that. I got to get right with God. I got to face an eternity one day in heaven or in hell. And I've just simply got to do what's right. And I'm going to serve God. Make fun of me. Tease me. Do what you want to do. But I've made up my mind. The call is there. The tug is there. The pull is there. I'm not trying to make you mad. I'm not here to disappoint you. But I'm here to tell you, I've got to do the right thing. And I don't know why we struggle so much with it. They're just simply doing the right thing. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 6 and 10 and 11. And I want to show you some things, I think, in Scripture that may help us today. Realize I'm going to do the right thing. I may have been struggling with it, but I'm going to put that struggle to rest this Sunday, and I'm not taking it into January 5th service here. We're going to keep that back here, and we're going to take some steps. Doing the right thing. If you haven't been baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sin, it's the right thing to do. If you haven't received the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, I'm here to tell you, it's the right thing to do. It's what God's plan for your life is. It's not about you. It's about His will in my life. It's about His plan for my life. And He wants to lead me by the Spirit. That's why He needs to fill me with the Spirit. i, I got to want that. Now realize, I, I can tell God, I don't want that. And God will say, okay, I'm not going to make you do anything. I'm not going to go against your will. That's why doing the right thing is dependent upon my will. I want to do the right thing. God, help me to do the right thing. Notice here, he said, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Not in yourself, in the Lord and the power of his might. Not in your might, not in your strength, not in mind over matter. But God, I'm going to rely on you. I know you can fix it. I know you can change it. I know you can make it right. I know this will work out. But I'm going to have to put my faith in you and in the power of your might. Mine is weak. But I love what Paul said. When I'm weak, he's strong. I don't, I'm not embarrassed to tell you there's things I'm weak at. And I go to God and say, God, I'm weak in this area. But God, you said I could be strong in you. And I'll come through this and be victorious on the other side. But, but see, sometimes we don't, we don't like surrender. We don't like to think that we're weak. We don't like to think we don't got it all together. We don't want people to think I'm, in, I'm having a bad day. Why don't we just grow up? And realize God says, man, would you quit playing that game? Dear Lord, have, don't you got enough knots on your head? <laughs> I'm glad he's patient. God, I'm glad he's patient. And he's merciful. And he, you had enough yet? But notice what he said in the next verse. Put on. Everybody say put on. Put on the armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of 
the devil. I want to deal with, when, in, as we continue, let's read on another verse here. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in that evil day, having done all to stand. What I want to deal with is the breastplate of righteousness. What I want you to catch with this that caught my attention was, it has to be put on. There has to be a conscious choice made by me every morning when I get up. I am putting on the breastplate of righteousness. I'm going to do what's right today. I'm making a conscious decision. I find it interesting that the, the breastplate of righteousness was to cover your heart. In the military war time, that, that, that heavy metal was there so that if they slung an arrow at you or threw a spear, it would protect your heart. God said, you've got to put this on because your heart is deceitful and wicked above all. Who can know it? So what i got to protect and cover is my heart. I don't want my heart to go a wrong direction. I don't want my heart to get caught up in the wrong thing. So what am I going to do? I'm going to put on the breastplate of righteousness. I'm putting it on, consciously putting it on. Say, God, I I don't want to stray. I don't want to deviate from the word of God. But oh God, I'm going to walk with you. So the Lord begins to help us. I know there's so much stuff out there today. You know, just you can live any way you want to live. Do what you want to do. But hey, you know down deep inside that's not right. You know what God requires without knowing God. I mean, a man knows you can't cheat on his wife and be right in his marriage relationship. Come on, nobody had to wake me up and say, hey, hey, hey. We already know that stuff. God help us understand we're in a covenant. And we got to honor that and do what's right in the covenant of marriage. So we begin to understand, I, I, I just, I'm going to do what's right. Not what I think. That'll get me in trouble in a hurry. So, it's, so we begin to realize. Once I put on that breastplate of righteousness. And I begin to cover my heart. My heart should somewhere start becoming purified. Cleansing that thing. Search me, O oh Lord. See if there be any wicked way in me. God, begin to, to look at this thing. I, I, I don't want to live like a wishy-washy Christian. Come on, let's get rid of one foot in the world and one foot in the church. Uh, what do you say we make up our mind today? In 2020, people aren't going to wonder if I'm a Christian. They're going to tell by my action, by my language, by my conversation, where I go, where I don't go, what I do, what I don't do. Because why? I'm simply doing what's right. Not what makes me feel good. But I'm going to simply understand. I, I want to do what's right. For you and I to do what's right. I'm going to have to walk by faith. Come on. The just shall live by faith. And so when I begin to realize. God I want to walk by faith. I want to understand that. That where you're leading me to walk in righteousness. Is all by faith. I, I don't see tomorrow. I have no idea. Some say it'll snow, some say it won't. We'll wait and find out tomorrow. Because we don't know, do we? But I'm still going to get up tomorrow. I'm still going to have to go to work tomorrow. I'm still going to have to deal with whatever the weather is, good or bad. See, but by faith, I know God has it all under control. You could be here today and, and your heart is broken. You're crushed. You're going through something. God is on our side. Come on. He's going to get us through this. Why? Because I'm going to keep stay faithful to God. And being faithful to God means I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to serve the Lord with all of my heart, with all of my soul, and with all of my might. And this is where the peace of God that passeth all understanding comes. I was asking for the, the Lord for an illustration in dealing with what is right. And he took me to 2 Kings. Uh, and, and, uh, and in the 7th chapter, if you're familiar with this story, there's four lepers. 
there's a famine in Samaria. And, and in this famine, there, I mean, people are, are killing babies and eating them. And, and it's a horrible, horrible time. And, and the Syrians have them surrounded and not allowing any food or anything to come in to there. So, so we have on the outside of this four lepers. And we pick them up in a conversation. Well, if we stay here, we die. If we go into the city, we may die. You know what? Let's go up into the Syrian camp. I know they got food. I know there's something to eat up there. And they said, well, if they kill us, we die. But if not, we're going to eat good. By faith. Four lepers, outcasts, say, let's go. As they make the journey, the scripture said, God began to make the sound of chariots and horses coming. And, and it scared the Syrians. They, they thought that Israel had hired armies. And, and all of a sudden, these armies were coming in. And, and they were so scared, they didn't take anything with them. They just picked up and took off running. Four Syrians walk into the camp. Wow. That's what my grandson says. Wow. You know, anytime he sees something really, you know, exciting. Wow. Can you imagine them four lepers? Wow. I, I ain't seen this kind of food in a long time. Man, look at these clothes. Gold, whoa, silver, whoa. And their first inclination was, was to eat. And then they started grabbing clothing and gold and silver. And they took it out and they started hiding it in the ground. But see, that wasn't the right thing to do when the city of Samaria has no food. And thank God they stopped on the second round of taking things out of the tent. And they said, this isn't right. That we have all this, but over here, they don't have anything. And be willing to walk down that hill into that city and say, there's all kinds of food. I don't know where they went. All I know is what they left. I'm telling you, you, you got to do the right thing. God raised those men up, put in their heart enough faith to walk up that hill into a Syrian camp that he already went ahead of them and ran the enemy out. Can I tell you somebody today? He's already ahead of you. He's already running the enemy out. He's already on your side. He's already making a way that you're going to step by faith through that door and God will be glorified. Because you've made up your mind. I want to do what's right. How many of us in this year could today sitting here said, I'm going to do what's right. You may have to go home and throw some things out of your house if you're going to do what's right. You may have to change your mindset on some things. You may have to clean some stuff out of the refrigerator. It's liquid in it in a brown bottle. Because somehow you think I can have the best of both worlds. But, but what I'm trying to encourage somebody is, this is for your peace. This ain't got anything to do with me. What's in your refrigerator is not going to alter my life one bit. But it will yours. And you'll feel condemnation. And you'll walk in shame. And you're walking guilt because why? I'm not doing what's right. I know what's right. But I'm not doing it. I'm saying somebody this morning. Let's shake ourselves and say God help me today. I'm going to do what's right. And I'm going to go home and there's things I'll need to get rid of. Because I'm walking in 2020. And I'm going to do what's right in the sight of God. It's not about impressing my brother or my sister. I'm talking about my heart being right with God. When I came to God, uh, it, I would never before coming to God commit to things. I remember some guys come and ask me to be on a bowling team. Well, number one, they didn't know the longer I bowled, the worse it got. We went for nine weeks in high school. That did not improve me at all. In fact, I couldn't break 100 in most cases. So they come to me and said, we want you to join this bowling team. I said, no, 
No, I don't want to be committed to a night or a day. Is that the feeling you have toward the house of God? The reason I don't commit, I don't want to be committed to a day. I don't want to be at Bible study. I don't want to be at church every Sunday morning. I don't want that commitment. I'm here. This thing only works on commitment. This thing only works when I make up my mind. I'm going to do what's right. And when the doors are open in the house of God, I'm going to be there. You can count on me. Why? Because that's the right thing to do. It's not about who's holy and who's not holy. It's about I'm going to do the right thing. God will talk to me there. God will encourage me. I'll get instruction in how to live for God when I'm in the house of God. So there's things I need to realize. I may not have done it in the world, but in the kingdom of God, help me make some commitments and dedications where God could use me in a tremendous way. I don't know if we even have an idea where God wants to take us really in the work of the kingdom, how big it could be, how he could use you. But he's got to get you to a place where we've got to get it right. We came here in 2007, June of 2007. Started in a front room. Wondered if we'd ever get out of that front room. We didn't know anybody when we got here. And you're wondering, oh my. I'm doing what's right because it's what God asked me to do. I'm scared half to death. Nine out of ten churches fail, but here I am, and here we go. And so we had business cards made up, and, and I would go sit in the laundromat and wait for people to come in because I didn't know anybody, and I thought, well, I could get a conversation going. I went to garage sales, and I, I'd just mill around the tables and, and pass out cards. Hey, what are you doing? And what I really liked, they'd say, where's your church? I said, well, it's in my house. What? Well, we don't know anybody, and this is how it's going to start. I remember getting up to 11 people. I thought, wow. And then we thought, we've got to rent a building. So then we find a building on 3rd Avenue. He wants 650 a month. So I said, we can't do that. We don't have that much money. A couple more months went by, and I went back to him again. And I said, we can do 550 bucks. He said, okay, because he hadn't rented. <laughs> and he let me in. When you walk with God, it's all by faith, folks. So there was Christina and Rob and Rachel and my wife and I. You know how tight the budget was to move into there? If one person didn't pay tithes, we would get evicted. I mean, it was going to take every dime just to get the 650 and go, but you do things by faith, and you know it's the right thing to do. God, you're, you're dealing with me to step out. I'll never forget it, our first Sunday there. And, and this lady pulls up and, and slams on the brakes right in front of that little glass window, jumps out of her car, and I'm going, oh, my God, I wonder what's going on. And she runs in the building. She said, Pastor, I can't make it. I've never seen this lady in my life. Pastor, I can't make it, but here's my ties. I thought, well, things are looking up. <laughs> we never had to look back. We never struggled to make that payment. God, just, if you, I'm here to tell somebody, if you'll do what's right, God will always take care of you. <laughs> Brother Viv and Sister Tracy came into that building. I remember baptizing Sister Tracy in the back in the horse tank. They said they'll steal that thing, so I put a chain on it and bolted it into the wall. <laughs> I wanted it to be there next Sunday when I got back. And, and I remember when they came in, and, and Sister Bales and the family came in, and that, that little building, and God was just, just a blessing. And, and so we filled it. In one year, we're shoulder to shoulder. People drive by, look in the window, and just keep going because there was nowhere to sit. So we said, you know, we've got to get another building. And Brother Gary Meadows was in the A-frame over here. And I thought, you know, I'm going to get a hold of him and see if I can't rent it in the afternoon. And I got a hold of Brother Meadows. And Brother Meadows says, you know, I'm going to Mexico, New Mexico, and uh, to a church down there. And he said, I won't need it anymore. In fact, I'm leaving the next two weeks. I said, would you put a good word in for us? He said, oh, sure. He called me back an hour later. He said, yours. God just opens doors. 
when you will do what's right, but seek ye first the kingdom of God in his righteousness, and all else will be added. So you begin to realize God is working things and doing things. And then I remember as we filled out, not as fast as I wanted. Now, some of you don't get offended in what I'm saying, but I hated that building. <laughs> the heat didn't work. The air conditioning didn't work. It ain't mine. <laughs> I can only have church an hour here and an hour there. And then they'd take away my midweek because they'd want to have revival. And they'd come to me, you can't have church this week or anger management because we're having revival. Really? I thought I paid rent. But out we went. Then they would only tell me a few days in advance and I'd have to stand down there and wait for all the anger management people to come so I could tell them. Then you wonder why I didn't like that building. But as God was gracious and it began to fill, we knew we need another building. And so we began to pray. Uh, You know, you can have your idea, but if it don't match his idea, it's never going to work. When I uh, was involved at headquarters in home missions, Brother Kuhn was the, the, the main guy there, and he came to me the, the year I was leaving to come here, and he said, we're going to come build you a church in a day. I said, we'll take care of it. Just You get there, get started, and, and do something. So in my mind, that's where I went. I'm looking for property. I'm doing all this. Well, the second year here, we lost everything, and my credit score went to 530. Which meant, you're not building a building. (laughs) No bank is going to touch you. No bank is going to loan you any money. So I began to pray, God, what are you trying to do here? And the Lord said, rent a warehouse. See, if you just do what's right. See, I could have said, I ain't going a warehouse. Man, I need a church. I need stained glass. I, I need paved parking. I need this and I need that. No, you need a warehouse. And, and I had no issue once the Lord said, a warehouse. We began to look. Bishop and I looked at a lot of buildings before this one came open. And in all of that, as, as, as I was working with Bishop with all of this, and, and he asked, what about a, a, us coming in with you and helping you? I'm here to tell you, God unfolds things if you just do what's right. So God unfolded this. God put us in this. And so we come to this place 13 years later. I have preached to you for 13 years on you need to do what's right. How many believe I should live by what I preach? If I'm asking you to do what's right, then I need to do what's right. And I'm going to. Um, You have watched transition for some months here. You've watched brother and sister flowers coming and going. If you paid any attention at all, you've noticed they're here every other service. That should have been a flag. (laughs) Why are they here so much? Because about a year and a half ago when I was praying about God, what do you want? The Lord gave me Caleb and Loren's name. They said, that's who will take the church when you come to this place. So I didn't say anything to Bishop for maybe six months or more. I just prayed about it. And then uh, Bishop and I were at a manifest meeting or, or pause meeting, and somehow we ended up in a rig, just he and I. So on the way to the hotel to pick up the speakers, I, I said, hey, I just want to run something by you. I want you to pray about it with me. And that began to unfold everything. So I knew uh, months ago that I would come to the place that I was going to retire. Uh, several things have to happen here. Uh, my wife and I, we're going to deal with multiple surgeries going into the first of the year. So to do what's right is not for me to stymie the church or to make the church wait on our health issues and and getting things taken care of. So what's going to happen is I'm going to retire today. Now, you're still stuck with me till January 25th, okay? And, And let me explain a couple of things. I'm not disappearing. 
please understand that. In fact, uh, I'll still, Bishop's asked me to still handle all the anger management, so Brother Kyle, Matt, all of us will be interacting and dealing with that. Brother Troy, I'll still be picking you up on Monday nights, and we'll be going there. And so it's going to be a, a transition, okay? And we've been working on this for months. I've been sitting down with Brother Flowers, Sister Flowers, and Bishop, and we've been working all these things through to get to where we're going to get. But, but again, it, it's time. It, it, it's just time to do it, okay? Uh, I, I will take on other ministry. My ministry will change. I'll, I'll no longer be a full-time pastor. Uh, I promised myself years ago that I would not stay at a church and run it in the ground till it got to 10 people. Mm -mm. Because we love you guys so much, we want this to be a healthy church. And you need a young couple that, that can jump in this thing and have the strength and the energy to take it to 200 people. Because that's the right thing to do. This isn't my church. Never has been, never will be. It belongs to him. He's called me and asked me to serve in this capacity. I have served and fulfilled that capacity. I will move into another dimension of ministry. We're not done with ministry. We're just done with pastoring. Uh, you would just have to do it. <laughs> Brother Matt and I were talking the other day, and, and his his uncle, Brother Jerry Miranda, his son went up to him and said, Dad, is it really that hard to pastor? You know, I mean, I see you all over the place. He said, I'll tell you what we're going to do, son. All we're going to do is exchange phones. I think it was like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. All, all we're going to do is exchange phones, and, you, you, and we'll give, you give me my phone back in the morning, and you can have yours. Boy, was he ready to get rid of that phone. That thing rang all day, rang all night. Families fighting and bickering. Can you come help us? Can you do this? Can you do that? I'm just telling you, it's more demanding than meets the eye. Things take on behind the scenes that are going all the time that you will never see. And it takes a young man to do it and to do it efficiently. Now, uh, we have, again, done everything we can to make this extremely smooth and, and, uh, and flow in, in the best way we can. Uh, Brother Flowers and I will still be in constant communication, simply answering any questions. Okay, a couple things I want you to work with me with. Number one, would you be as faithful to them as you've been to us? These are good young couple. They're not my choice. Please understand this. They're not my choice. God is putting them in here. That's what you have to understand. It's not a man-made decision. That's why you go to the Lord in prayer. Okay? So you're going to have to get behind them like you've got behind me. And, and, and again, teaching the Bible study, small groups, all of this stuff has got to flow forward. And we're actually going to probably be behind the scenes just for a little while, keeping all of this going and helping Brother Sister Flowers make the transition. You know what's so beautiful about this? If we did this any other way, I would have never helped in the transition. They wouldn't have allowed me to. And I would give you notice, and I'd have to be out of town, moved out of Yakima in 30 days. Because we're all working together in this, I don't have to move. Now, let me say this. You will see me again. I will be back and preach here again at some time. I want to give Brother and Sister Flowers plenty of time, the next two to three months minimum, for you to bond with them. I don't know if you paid any attention, but every time they preach, my wife and I slip out so you could bond with them, so they could visit with you and interact with you. See, what we were doing was doing the right thing. It's not my church, it's his church, and the right thing to do is make the smoothest transition. I still got them ribs in the refrigerator. Okay. So we'll still see each other. But one dynamic that has to change, the one dynamic that has to change, you cannot come to me for counseling. You're going to have to go to Brother and Sister Flowers. Bishop Schoonover, Sister Schoonover. 
So I can be your friend. We can high-five. We can talk. And we can interact. But any questions that would deal with how do I handle this or what would I do with that, that will have to go to uh, Bishop or it will have to go to Brother and Sister Flowers. Can you do that? We, we have loved every minute of this. I appreciate my wife, my daughters. Uh, both came from St. Louis uh, to help us here. Uh, I can remember knocking doors at 100 degrees. Uh, I should have taken pictures of it, but I also were, we were knocking doors in the snow. It was year-round here, just knocking doors. That's all I knew to do, to grow a church and get it up where it had to be. But, but I appreciate my wife, who was willing to uproot where we came from and come here and to uh, deal with what she's dealt with to get us to where we're at. But she's got multiple surgeries we've got to deal with after the first, and I want to be there to take care of her. I'm looking at a hip replacement, hopefully in March. So we got just some things to deal with. So I just want to be fair with you. Can we do that? Let's just do the right thing. So we still have fellowship. We still have that, that thing together. Thank God we got combined services. We will have all kinds of things that will allow you and I to interact and, and watch this grow. My greatest joy would to see this thing just keep growing. I'd love to see it, Bishop, go to two services because you can't get everybody in in one service and it would go to that next service. Everybody has a place here. Come on, all of you have a part in this. Okay? So, so just, let's just let God be God. And we'll do what's right. I so believe in God's ordering the steps of individuals in his kingdom the bible says he places the members in the body as he wills right reflecting back some of you have heard this some of you probably have not but i was on a phone call i was in puyallup and the holy ghost spoke to me mid-sentence and said curtis johnstone is to come to yakima now in that moment i'm wondering what have I got to do with that? I'm in Puyallup. Why is the Spirit of God telling this to me? And so I told the individual I was speaking with, I said, I, I got to get off the phone. I got to make another phone call. And I did. I called and I spoke to Brother Johnstone's son, Nick, my son-in-law. And I said, Nick, the Holy Ghost just spoke to me while I was on the phone and said, your father is to move to Yakima. He did? I said, yes. But I don't know why he would involve me. Why wouldn't he tell somebody else? And so I was getting on a plane in the next day or two to fly to the general conference in Columbus, Ohio. I got on the plane. I went to Columbus. And I was walking to the convention center. And I looked across the street. The light was red, and there stood Curtis Johnstone on the other side. I said, Brother Johnstone, I need to speak with you. I used your name the other day with somebody else about something, and so I need to tell this to you. We just stepped aside on the sidewalk, traffic cars going by, and I said, Brother Johnstone, I don't know how to tell you this. But the other day, while I was on the phone, the Holy Ghost spoke to me and he said, you're supposed to come to Yakima or go to Yakima. I wasn't in Yakima. I was in Puyallup. But you're supposed to go to Yakima. And he said, last night while I was praying in this inspiration, in the song fest, on the conference floor, the Lord spoke to me and said, I am to go to Yakima. And this is what he told me. He said, I need an affirmation. I need something, some confirmation to come to me. And that was when the Lord had spoken to me. And here we were standing on the sidewalk. What I'm trying to relate to you is this is how the kingdom of God should work. This is how it should work. And so to have seen the evolution the evolving of what has brought us to this place and to this juncture is no surprise. Because he gave us indicators a long time ago. And we've just simply been responding to them.
I love you, Brother Johnston. I think you're a great man of God. And I am thrilled that we get to work together. The 25th of January. It's a Saturday. Do you have a time on that, Bishop? What time on Saturday? Six o'clock. It's an evening service. Brother and Sister Flowers will be installed as the new pastors. Okay? So please come. Please come. Let's get behind them. Let's show them our full support in every way that you can. So we're, you can put that on the calendar, uh, and that transaction will happen. So we, you're going to... We'll be here every Sunday throughout the next little bit uh, in that. But again, you will see us off and on. It's just doing the right thing, folks. I don't have all the answers for what's going to happen after that. But God does. But sometimes you do the right thing. You don't always know everything that will unfold. You have to walk with God and let that happen. And that's how it is. Would you stand with me? Let's just take a few moments. Can we do that? And let's talk to the Lord about doing the right thing. Things that, that God may speak to you about in this transition to, and getting behind them and being encouragement to them. Uh, it's important, folks. Uh, some of you that Sunday school teachers are teaching and we're going to need more to come on board in that. Uh, just a lot of things happening. And uh appreciate the young men and women working with youth and hyphen and all that all that will continue uh, just like it is uh, brother and sister flowers and bishop are probably going to change some things there's nothing wrong with that please understand that don't don't get upset with change when i took my first church in oregon my pastor taught he said i promise you change is coming he didn't believe in, 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 in uh, any type of leadership training. He didn't believe in any... Uh, if you taught Sunday school, he'd hand you a manual and say, be ready next week. I, I am not that guy. I, I can't operate that way. I want to do training. I want to equip you. I want to try to help you in the best way that I can. So there, there were changes coming. Training came that was never done before. Uh, when I became a Sunday school teacher, my pastor handed me a manual and said, you're on. Home missions work. There's only 10 of us. See, I just thought there was a better way. I still have a text in my phone, Bishop. When Brother Nick Johnstone texted me. And he said, uh, I'll never forget how you've helped me to do a funeral. He said, I'm doing my first funeral. But you walked me through it when he was under my ministry. All my men. Why did I do that? My pastor never let me help with one funeral. I never was involved in one wedding. So when I took the pastorate, my first funeral was 300 people in a town of 400. I was a little on the nervous side. I just want to equip. Is there anything wrong with that? No, no. Brother Flowers may take it a, a different direction in how he does things. That's okay. Just get behind him if he's being led of the Lord. Maybe it's time for some changes. Maybe it's time for some of this to happen. But I just want you to understand, it's not offensive to me. Don't, don't think, well, Brother Johnson did it. There. I know, I know, but he ain't going to live forever on this side. So men will come do things different. Sister Flowers may do things different. Nothing wrong with any of it. Just please understand. It's all a part of the process, okay? I want to open this altar. Let's come and let's ask God to move on our hearts and on our lives to be a yielded vessel to God in this transition, in doing what's right. Because you may be, this is not right. But no, it's the right thing and it's the right time. But you need to be behind it and say, God, help me. I'm going to do what's right in all this transition because I want to see the church grow. Some of you got family members coming. Come on, let's do this the right way so they keep coming and they're visiting. We've got uh, earbuds coming December the 30th. And there'll be translators in here. So if you know Spanish-speaking people, invite them to come in. Invite them to be a part of it because there's going to be a, a place for them. And they can listen in their own language. 
Let's just Let's just respond to God. Lord, in the name of Jesus, help me to do what's right. Help me to get behind that, Lord. It's never before, God. Help me in this new day with new commitment, new dedication, new consecration, Lord God. Simply, simply do the right way. Hallelujah. Bless these men. Bless these women. Bless these sisters of the Lord God. Touching and abiding them in the name of Jesus. Help us today, Lord. Help us today, I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. You're so good. God, you're so good today. 